0: Well, praise God. That's what you call a song of silence. We have prayers of silence. That was a song of silence, making merry and melody within your heart. So praise the Lord. I'm going to start a new message this morning. I might as well start preaching. I'm going to start a new message this morning. And uh, the title of the message is called Influence. That's it. Influence. Okay. And uh, so, according to Webster's Dictionary, the word influence, what is influence? What does it mean? Influence is the act or power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct exercise of a command. That's what it says in Webster's. Simply put. It's an act of power that causes you to move one way or the other without it really having power and somebody threatening you. It's influence. OK, all of us are influenced. <clears throat> Do you believe that? How many of you when you first got married? When I first got married, I never forget. I tell this all the time. My wife, don't worry, you don't have to hold your breath. She's not going to get upset with me. But, uh, you know, we came from two completely different households. In her household, her father didn't come home from work till 10 o'clock at night because he owned a a filling station. And so when he closed and they came home and then they had supper at 10 o'clock at night. I came from a ranching family. When it got dark, we came home and we all had supper right there at the table. You know, usually around six, possibly as late as seven. But mama was getting frowns by that time, you know and so we get married we don't think about any of this stuff you know we're just young and in love We don't think about that we get home from the honeymoon we're sitting around there i'm expecting supper like mom always did you know I, I wouldn't explain all the the rules of new marriage and so i'm sitting there and i, I tell my wife i said are you hungry i oh, thought i'd try this thought i'd try a good approach you know <laughs> And she said, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of hungry. And I said, well, let's eat. So she got all excited. I can still remember the look on her face. She got all excited. Like she's going to make the first meal. And she said, OK, uh, let me go Let me go get something. You know, let's go get something going. I'm like, yeah. You know, so I'm talking, you know, I came from a, a branching family. I'm used to, you know, at, at a minimum, biscuits, backstrap, and gravy, potatoes, you know. That's a minimum. And so... She's whipping something up, and I look around to see what she's whipping up, and I thought, man, that is a far cry from what I'm expecting. And she comes in there, and she's got it, and I look, and, and, and she said, I, I just made us egg sandwiches. So I'm looking at this, and it's, you know, two pieces of toasted bread and uh, a fried egg with uh, mayonnaise. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, all right, I mean, this is something that I might could think of at breakfast, but I mean, not supper. And and so. After that, I learned to like fried egg sandwiches for supper. So, I mean, you know, that just said, OK, it's great. I mean, it filled me up. Bless God. We didn't go to bed hungry and I was still in love. And there was no sense starting a fight over a fried egg sandwich. All right. Smart. But. What I'm trying to say here is she was influenced a certain way and I was influenced a certain way. And our two influences weren't exactly the same. Hello? Didn't mean she was wrong. Didn't mean I was wrong. Right? It's just the way you were influenced. Each and every one of us in life, you're always being influenced. Hello? If you were raised and your father was a banker, you may be influenced at the way you should get up every morning and dress, that you should put on a suit and tie. Okay? If you were, if you were uh, you know, raised differently, well then you know it didn't mean that you're wrong or not. It's what you get influenced, it's what's that force around you. Come on now. That force around you that's that's really causing you to go into a direction, but it's not causing you to do it by force. You're simply being influenced. Everybody say influence. Yes. All of us are being influenced at all times. How many of you ever been hungry and you had the television on and they started running commercials of food. And then you started thinking, man. I'd like to eat a pizza. Right. I mean, you get influenced. That's why they do it. It's all about influence. Nobody's holding a gun to your head saying order a pizza. Right. Okay. so there's only really, truly in life, two forces. That can really influence you and affect you in life. okay? It's good and evil or simply or put it's God or the devil. you say well Robert, that's that. Yeah, I'm black and white this morning there ain't no fence riding this morning. I'm cutting it like it is. Here it is. It's either good or evil. it's either God or the devil. there's nothing in- else going to influence you in life. What we don't look at and what we don't think about is how many times during a day, you're influenced by demonic forces. You say, oh, I ain't talking to no devil. Nobody's talking to you. You see, in the realm of the spirit, you don't see everything. Right? Because like right now, boom, your eyes are open and you could see into the spiritual realm, you would be freaked out. You would see angels, you'd see demons, you'd see all kinds of stuff going on. You'd be saying, what's that? Hello? You ever notice that this message is leading up to another message I'm going to be preaching here shortly called uh, Having Dinner with the Devil. And so uh, I'm kind of trying to stay off of that message because I want it to be everything and stay over here to build you up. But have you ever noticed how many times Jesus went into church and demons cried out? Went into church. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he wasn't in the, he wasn't in the, you know, in the dump with a bunch of transient people. He wasn't in with the homeless. He wasn't out on the streets. No, he was in church and demons cried out and said, what do you have to do with us, son of the living God? And I've always thought it was funny because everybody else in church was trying to figure out if Jesus was of God, but the demons were crying out that he was the son of God. So actually the devils were smarter than the church people. So there's this influence. There's this influence. always wanted to influence you. And if you don't think you're being demonically influenced, I want to tell you something, you've listened to a lie. Every one of us, myself included, Jesus, I'll show you, was attempted to be demonically influenced. All right. It's always there. It's that thing that comes to you and says that, you know, wants to get you angry, wants to get you fearful. But we don't recognize it as that. We don't call it what it is. Golly, it's quite here. I think you all are worried where I'm going with this message or something, you know, I'm just trying to tell you, you don't even realize it in life. You're being demonically influenced. It's coming. It's out there. It's trying to tempt you. It's trying to to woo you. Right now, the world, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not that old. I remember when we had a, a woman here in church, her name we called her Sister Dodge, and she'd been a missionary all over the world, and she was, uh, you know, in her 90s when, when, uh, before she passed, and I would talk to her, and she would tell me stories of when they saw the first train. Now, I've talked to this woman, right? And she said that when she when they went on a wagon, into the town, and they waited, and they saw the first train go by. She tells him about when she saw the first airplane. Okay? That's a lot of change in life. Y'all with me? Well, there's a lot of things going on in the world today that I am shocked. All right? I'm just shocked. I'm like I'm like, just looking at things thinking, what? I, 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 I'm just... I'm like. When I was a heathen, I would have never thought of doing this before I even had Jesus. I would never these things would never cross my mind. All right. And so the world is being influenced more and more and more demonically. And what happens is, you see, once the devil gets you. In his field of thinking, because what, what does it say? It's a force that's pushing you in a direction, but it's not doing it at, you know, the point of a pistol. It's, it's influencing you. So then young people go to college and they go into college and then there's a completely different way of thinking, a completely different morality in that. And they they start saying, no, 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 it's OK. You can do this. And then once you start doing it, then all of a sudden you fall within that that vein, and into that that rut, and then all of a sudden the next thing you know, it's coming into your life, and then you're not noticing it anymore, that it truly is demonic. Now, y'all still good country folk around here, you know, and some things still shock us, but other things we let slide. So, these two forces are always working. Good or evil, God or the devil, always working against us, always working against you. You're not going to get away from you. You're not going to get immune. There is no prayer that you can pray and say, oh, Father, I just think the blood of Jesus over my life. And I am sealed in the Holy Ghost and nothing can talk to me. Now, the devil will sit up in some way and talk to you. You say, well, he did Jesus. And if you could go talk to Jesus, folks, listen to me. You ain't the same ballpark with him. All right. So now let's look at the positive side. The positive side is all of the promises of God. We sang it. Are yes and amen to you. I gave you that that talked about that a couple of weeks ago, gave you all the promises, you know, 279 promises in the New Testament or whatever it was, 259 that I wrote up, put in a little pamphlet, 259 promises that are yours. But are we walking in the 259 promises? Are those promises influencing us on a daily basis? Or are we being demonically influenced and we don't even realize it? Woo, come on, church. You can smile at me. It's okay. You see, God's promises are out there. But are we seeking the promises of God? Or has the devil influenced us and got us sidetracked? And all we're over here really doing is seeking the kingdom of the devil. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Let's just quit messing around, tippy-toeing around. Well, that's just, you know, I'm a person, I'd like to do a lot of reasoning and I, you know, I'm not listening to a devil. You are. Just be quiet. You are. Now you're lying to yourself. You're listening to the spirit of lying. Anything that's troubling you, that takes you into fear, anxiety, oppression, that is the voice of the devil. I mean, am I just, y'all are looking at me so funny. I don't know if y'all are not like you're just saying, oh, my God. Why didn't he preach a nice message today? He did really good two weeks ago. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just telling you, I'm preaching the truth to you today because the, because the Lord is revealing to me more and more and more and more. And I see this as the Bible says as the days approach, the end, it's going to get worse and worse. And what we've got to do is we've got to be people that are sharp and aware and that we catch hold of what's going on. And we say, ah, uh-uh, I'm not listening to that. That's a lie from the pit of hell It's going to take me over into here. Wow. How many times even as a young person? I can remember, I can remember a football coach pulling me aside one time and chewing me out and it, it affected me for the rest of my days until I got smart and got saved and realized it was just, you know, it was a demonic thing that happened and I broke that thing off being a walk free now from it, but it hurt me. And then it left a root of influence to come into my life and speak to me. Okay. And we go along nursemaiding this stuff. And why don't we just call it what it is? It's a devil. And to say, no, I'm not listening to you. I got at least 250 promises I got to get figured out over here. I don't have time to listen to you. I'm trying to let the word of God come into myself. I don't have time to feel sorry for myself. I don't have time to get in unforgiveness. I don't have time to get in anger. I don't have time to come over here and mope around. I got to get these 250 promises in my heart. That's the way we should be. But what happens is we don't. We give in. And see, you want to call it your flesh. Listen to me, your flesh is a devil. It's going to take you down. Your flesh is not going to say your flesh is not going to come to you and say, let's just praise God today. No, your flesh is going to tell you to lay on the couch, eat potato chips. Your flesh isn't going to be there because that's a part of the Adamic nature of your system. And you've got to get the whole spirit. Now, your spirit will tell you, let's worship God. But who are you going to let influence you? You have a choice and you have the power to make a choice. You are not. Listen to me. If you're born again and you're saved, Jesus is the Lord of your life, you are not bound by sin. You can let sin bind you, but you're not bound by it. You're freely doing it. Don't say, oh, I just can't stop. Oh, you could if you wanted to. You just don't want to. Can you imagine it turned around? We have so many people that are hurting and, and, and all. Couldn't you imagine if it was turned around and said, man, I just can't stop praising him. I wake up in the morning. And I'm just praising him. I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Brown, I need to go through freedom prayer because I, I don't know. I just seem to be praising God all the time. And, I, uh, and the word of God keeps pouring forth through my mouth. I go out and just try to talk. I was out the other day, wanted to cuss at somebody. But the word of God just come out of my mouth. It was just I feel like I'm possessed by the spirit of God. I need you to do something. You would say, oh, this is, this is going to be an easy freedom prayer. Huh. Bless you, my child. But no, you go in and you say, oh, oh, I've been wounded forever and got this wound. This wounds, bruises and putrefying sores. Got this old abscess on my side over here. Been here forever. This nurse made in this old wound and all. You see what I'm saying? If you get influenced by the spirit of God, then you're out there saying, man, tomorrow looks good. Jesus, you're getting ready to come back. Glory to God. There's some clouds in the sky. You might be on one. So who's influencing you? That's what this whole message is about. Who's your influence? Is the Holy Spirit your influence or is the devil your influence? Let me go to let me show you something. Go to the get your Bibles out. First Kings chapter 22. First Kings 22. Let me give you a story here. First Kings 22. Verse one. It says, now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servant, do you not know that Ramoth of Gilead is ours? But we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. Now, wait a minute. You'd have to go back and you'd look at the chapters previous, but Ramoth of Gilead belonged to Israel. But yet they let it get taken over, let it get... Another let the Syrians have it, let it get conquered and went out there every day, looked up on the side of the hill and said, boy, that place is ours. (gasps) Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Look at those. Look at at that vineyard over there. Look at those. Look at that water coming from over there. Man, that's a nice place. Yeah, It's ours. But went back to their house and didn't do anything to take it from the Syrians. That's what we do, church. I just want you to understand. That verse is what I want you to see. Do you not know that Ramath of Gilead is ours? Do you not know that all the promises of God are yours, but we hesitate to take it from the hand of the devil? You following me here? I want you to just see that one verse there. It was theirs, but they hesitated to take it. And I'm saying to you, what's influencing you in life that's hesitating you from taking the promises of God and applying them to your life and walking in them? Is it fear? You don't want to be known as a radical Pentecostal Christian? You want to just kind of fly under the radar, get by? You say, we're Pentecostal. Not a denomination. But let me tell you what. I've had my day Pentecost. So therefore, I would be Pentecostal. Hello? Biblical term. All I'm saying to you is what's keeping you back from walking the promises of God? I was too tired. I just too tired, Pastor. Every time I read my Bible, I feel like going to sleep. Well, heard Jerry Savell preach one time. He said he's always falling asleep, just reading his Bible. So he went in and stood on the edge of the bathtub. He said, now I'll fall asleep. All right. So how, I mean, how much are you willing to put into it to not fall asleep? How much are you willing to fight? Well, I, I like to read my Bible, but my favorite program comes on a certain time. I'm just saying to you, what, what's keeping you from serving God to the extent that you're walking in the fullnesses of all the promises of God? What's holding you back and influencing you that keeps you from pursuing God and him being the giant great influence in your life? Matthew 11:12 says... Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent. And the violent take it by force. Are you going to be violent in your dealing with your flesh, your emotions? Huh? <laughs> Are you just going to get mad and act the fool? Let your big tongue come out, slay kingdoms and people and everything with your tongue and your words and then turn around and stop and say, oh, Lord, forgive me. It's just easier to repent than to change. No. Are you going to be violent enough to, 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 to stand against the influence of the devil in your life and say no? Like, I don't like when I was in, in school growing up as a young man. Um, I wasn't bullied. OK, I might have been. Someone. And their misgivings might have said I was a bully, but I wasn't I I, I wasn't bullied. I didn't get bullied. Okay, so I don't have a lot to say about that. But I guarantee you now I'm not going to get bullied by the devil because I learned way back there. If you didn't stand up for yourself, you'll get bullied. And so one day I made a choice, no matter how scared I was, no matter how how intimidating it was, you know, I was not going to be bullied and I stopped it and then everybody said don't pick on him he'll go nuts okay it wasn't because I was this beast of a man or you know new kung fu I'd watched Chuck Norris movie before you know so I knew some y'all don't even know who Chuck Norris is but It was because inside of me, I knew I knew right then that if I was going to get pushed around and if I didn't do something, I would always be pushed around. So I decided I wasn't going to be pushed around. And I wasn't. No one ever tried me again. But you're letting the devil push you around. You're letting the devil influence you. You're letting the devil go in there and, and tweak your emotions and tweak your your thoughts and get you over there. You're spending more time being influenced by the devil than you are. Jesus. So pastor, you're hurting my feelings. I want to get, I want to show you how to defeat this in just a minute. I want to help you out, but I got to really bring this point across and get you over there aware of this folks. Listen to me. If you're right now, it is crazy. And I have just been, I, 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 I've just been laughing. Okay. Because I mean, look ever since how the, how the, 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 the dial has been turned up since COVID. Okay. Okay. I mean, first, I mean, you got to admit, I am not exaggerating, maybe a little bit, but not much. I mean, they had us convinced that they were bringing trucks in and the, the, uh, uh, you know, military trucks to haul the dead bodies off from COVID. Hospitals were going to be filled up. Everybody's dying in the streets. People started bringing in body bags. Okay, And then. Oh. Okay. Now we all got to get masked up. We got to go through this. And we got to do that. Oh my gosh, you know, if you didn't have a mask on you were, ah! And then the flu became non-existent. Nobody got the flu for 2 years. Y'all just just hear me out on this, okay? And then it just got into the next catastrophe. Even the, even the, even locally here, they're saying, we're going to have another bad winter like we did before, you know, and all the, the power grids are going to fail. We're going to, the power grid's going to fail through the summer. And they didn't fail. Oh, they're going to fail through the winter. They didn't fail. Oh, they're going to fail through the spring. They didn't fail. We're going to fail through the summer. This time it's going to be real. This time it's going to be this way. Hello? And all I'm saying is everything's turned to fear. Everything's turned to fear. Now they've got uh, deals being released. We're running out of diesel. We're going to run out of diesel. Nobody's going to have any diesel. Then we're going to go into starvation because the trucks aren't running. And we got no diesel. And then there's people just running. The streets. Ah, we got no diesel, got no diesel. And then they say, this is the lowest we've ever been. Well, the last time we were this low was, you know, 1982. Well, I lived through 1982, still alive. I don't remember going starving in the streets. I don't remember zombie apocalypse or or cannibals having to turn to cannibalism because we couldn't make it. And all I'm saying is, is that it's always a spirit of fear. It's the next big thing. It's the next big thing. And then that goes into your head. And then you begin to think, wow, what if, what if that'd be terrible? It'd just be horrible. I don't want to eat my neighbor." And you tell your wife, when you go to the store today, buy extra salt, might have to, you know, season them up really good. And I'm telling you, as soon as diesel starts flowing again, it's gonna be the next thing, you know? We're running out of aspirin. And it just keeps going. Why? Because it is it is the demonic influence. I'm calling it like it is. Listen to me. The devil. I've told y'all this from the very beginning. This is a not about politics. This is about good and evil. This is about the devil and God. And that devil is trying to turn it up to fear because if he can keep you into fear, then he gets you listening to fear. Then you get that influence in your life. And then all of a sudden, oh, while you were thinking about running out of diesel, then you're thinking, what if I get cancer in the middle of running out of diesel? And then, oh gosh, and then if I've got cancer running out of the middle of diesel, and then there's not, what if I can't get to the store to go get the cancer? or medicine because I don't have any diesel because I got a diesel truck and I can't get another deal and I, oh and then it just keeps going bigger and then my kids they don't are gonna know and then what are they gonna nobody's gonna be able to come see me because they gotta run out of diesel and then we're gonna got this and get that. and the next thing you know you've worked yourself into a frenzy and the devil is laughing the whole time because he just got you demonically influenced to where you've got your tail in a wad and he's just cranking it cranking it cranking it and you're just getting more fearful and more fearful and then you come and, you, you know, the message comes across and the waterhole broadcast is coming on. You ain't got time to listen. You're too busy worrying. But would it be nice to sit here and say, God, I just thank you that. Huh. Whoo, Jesus, you saved me, man. And you said in Philippians one and six, a good work, you started my life. You're going to finish it. And so I thank you, Lord, you're going to finish it. And you said you'd provide. I remember a story where Elijah, they, they were drinking poison porridge and he just poured some salt in there and it was all healed. And I, uh, Jesus, you fed the 7,000, you fed the 5,000, you fed the 4,000, you fed people all the time, just took two little fishes at a little boy's lunch and made, you know, see, why wouldn't we be being influenced by that? Cause you ran across some Christian full of the devil being demonically influenced that told you everything was going down and whole brother so-and-so they said we're going down. You see the devil knows who he he didn't have, you know, the thugs come to your house and talk to you. you had your friend. And once you get demonically influenced and you've opened up that door, then it's going to keep coming. 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 coming. Then you're always looking for that in your life when you should just be over here feasting on the word, because the Bible says when you feast on the word, that it brings rest to your soul. Mark 6, 1. Mark 6, 1. Here's the story of Jesus. He goes home. And it says, he went out from there and he came to his own house, to his country, and his disciples followed him. And the Sabbath had come. He began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter's? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and and Joseph and Judas and Simon, or not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in the circuit teaching. These people were just demonically influenced. And looking at who is this? Isn't that the little kid that was in the streets? And this, the carpenter's son is. And don't we know his brothers? And who does he think he is? They weren't influenced by the miracles they saw because he did heal a few folks. They weren't influenced by the word that was going on and what Jesus had done and all that they had heard and all that. But they weren't influenced by that. They were influenced by wait a minute, who is this? You see the devil. The devil's not going to come to you, folks. He's not going to come out with with his pitchfork and his horns and his hoofed feet, if that even is so, and jump out and go, I want you to do this. Because you'd say, ah, it's a devil. But when somebody says, did you hear about what's going on? And then that thought went into you and then it began to work in you and then you began to think about it and it began to torment you. And then when you wake up in the morning, it was the first thought you had. That keeps you from the miracles of God, because he says right here that he couldn't do anything there because of doubt and unbelief. Jesus, the son of God's hands were tied by the faith of the people. And so it is with us today. We can tie the hands of Jesus with our doubt and unbelief. It's not up to him. It's up to us. Are we going to be a a church here that we come and we're already full of faith? You're just you're just like you, you don't know where you can stuff anymore. I mean, come on. When you go to eat Thanksgiving meal, all of you, you start plotting it out. Okay, now I need to cut back on the potatoes because I'd really like two rolls. But then I'm going to want a piece of that pie over there. And so I'm going to have to adjust around here somewhere so that it all fits. Hello? Hello? Raise your hand if you've ever had those thoughts. Come on. I just want to make sure I'm in the right place, okay? You start to have those thoughts of how you're going to arrange what you're going to eat because you want to make it all come out and so you cut your portions, do that. Wouldn't it be nice if we would just like say, I'm so full of the things of God. Lord, I think I might can take a little teaching on this today or that because I've just been feasting at your table. Huh? Not trying to tell the devil. I know I'm full of you, but I got to take a little bit of time to the Lord here. We have to realize this church that God is supreme. There's no other power, no other. Victory. You see, this is what gets me. All right. right, I'm, I'm Like I said, I see things black and white. I'm pretty straightforward. I don't understand why anybody would want to go serve any other God than Jesus. All right. Uh, then then than, our heavenly Father who created this the, the everything, right? I don't know why anybody would want to worship an idol. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. I, I you know, I, I it just it, it it blows my mind because I saw this one where it was in India, some God, I don't remember what it was that they had an idol there. and they would go you 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 brought milk, and this is the truth. And you they, they, your offering, you took your milk up there and you poured it in the eye of this idol. And if it came out, the other eye, then you knew you had a blessing. <laughs> and I just looked at that and I thought, really? How could anybody have faith in that? First, it's just a statue that ain't never done nothing. Right. And then he's drinking milk. And if it comes out his eye, I mean, the whole thing was bizarre to me. And people were just there, just pouring milk, trying to get a blessing. I'd certainly rather believe in a God who cut a covenant with me that makes worlds. Hello. How about this? How about this? I'd rather I'd rather serve a God who walks on water. Look, now let me just show you this right quick. Matthew 4, 1. So I'm having a lot of fun preaching this, and I'm not getting very far. Matthew 4, 1. It says, And Jesus was led up in the, in the spirit into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. Huh? See, Jesus was tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he says, If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And he answered and said, it's written, you shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, the devil was was not saying that Jesus couldn't make bread. He just was trying to make him do something on his his own. Jesus took the word of God and chopped him down. Then... He goes on and he says, uh, then the devil took him into a hole in the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, said in him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, you shall bear you up, lest least you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up into an exceedingly high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said in him, all these things I give you, if you will fall down and worship me, then Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is. Written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. Why did the devil leave him? Because Jesus told him to go. Just look at this this simple thing. Why did the devil leave him? Because Jesus told him to go. Why will will the influence, the demonic influence leave you? Because you tell it to go but you can't tell it to go if you don't recognize it. Y'all following me here? Yeah. You're going to operate in this life, but what influences you? You're either going to operate in fear or you're going to operate in faith. So you've got to ask yourself the questions. What is? What, what are you being influenced by right now? Is your influence based in faith and belief in Jesus? And see, then there are certain Christians out there, they're like, OK, well, I do have faith in Jesus, but, you know, I mean, I don't know if God really does miracles today and whatever. So, you know, he gave us a mind for us to thank for ourselves, And so we should be worried about some of these things and be doing it. You know, <clears throat> I, I just want to tell you this. You can have your own belief and do whatever you want to. All right. I'm telling you, this is yea, hey, thus saith Robert. But for a long time, I thought about prepping. And I thought about food prepping. And I thought about different ways and I thought about if it was our job as a church to to prep food and if it was I should I have the storehouse of food and 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 was there gonna be a big you know deal where we had to have food and this, that, and the other. And then I began to 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 really pray about it and talk to the Lord about it and say, you know, and so then I I began to realize that most of us, because we live in the country, we live 45 minutes to an hour away from a grocery store, you're going to always have extra food all right because that's just the way we live and uh we're not living because then i when i really researched this i found that most people just they never do anything but eat out but we don't have that choice all right and so anyway then i got to thinking about what am i going to do if i had a big storehouse full of food and then people came and wanted it well the christian thing is i want to share my food right I can't load up and say, we'll shoot you if you come 100 foot from here, you know. that That's not going to be godly. So then I got to thinking about it. I said, well, no matter how much food I have, then if I, everybody finds out I got food, but then there's just going to be that many more people show up. And so then I'm just going to feed that many more. And so it's going to be a limited source. And so I began to thank and I began to pray. I said, you know, Lord, what we really need is I need the Elijah miracle. I need the miracle of the the, the loaves and the fishes. Because we need to be able to make that's the greatest food prep I could ever do is to know you. And so that we could sit here and say, hold on just a minute. Y'all need something here. I got a couple of rocks, put them in here and stir them up in the bowl. Oh, it's pasta. Pasta's on today's menu. You say, well, you're being crazy. Am I? Because no matter what you try to prep, you're always going to be limited. But if I know my God, I can always be eternal. So my point is you're going to be influenced. And so what's influencing you if you're just operating in fear? Listen to me, I'm telling you right now, if you don't have an extra bag of beans and an extra stuff in your house, you're you're, you're being foolish. We all know around here, it could be a 20 percent chance of rain down here, flash flood, and you ain't getting out of your house for three days. You better have something at the house to eat. That's not food prep. That's common sense. All right. So my point is here is you're going to be influenced. But if you're being influenced into fear. You're in the wrong place. You got to be influenced by faith. I want to give you this scripture and then we're going to close cuz I want to serve communion. And then I'll show you next week how to do it. Go to Psalms 145:11. Psalms 145:11. It says, "They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power." This is what the people of God should look like. This is what should be coming out of your mouth. We speak of the glory of your kingdom and we talk of your power. Not, I know, brother, it looks really bad. Just cling on to the garment of Jesus and maybe we'll make it. Huh? Singing that old Johnny Cash song. We're going down, down, down in a burning ring of fire. Comforting people. At, well, when at least when you die, you'll go to heaven. We're supposed to be talking of the glory of the kingdom. So the person comes and says, man, I'm telling you what, I was just, I don't know what to do. And say, so, I know what to do, man. I was, last night, I was just in my house. I'm an easy chair. I was worshiping God, man. I mean, the anointing of God was so thick in the house. It come on me. Just touched me. Whoa, man. I was just kind of, whoa, I feel it now. We're going to, we're going to talk of his power. How glorious his kingdom is. Talk of his power. Be able to look at somebody and say, look, I know things are bad, but don't get in fear. God's great. Just get in God. Don't get in fear. Just get in God. Well, I don't know what God's going to do for you. Well, you need to learn. You need to read here. Let me help you. We're going to start a Bible study. I'm going to teach you. Look, Bible studies don't have to come from me. I don't have to set up a church Bible study. It should be something you're doing to your own, your own friends. Ring your neighbors over there. Sit around the house. Talk. Of his, the glory of his kingdom and his power. Don't have fear parties. And I see it. I just got to, I just got to warn you again. I see it. It's turning up. It's turning up. It's turning. The knobs turning, the knobs turning, the knobs turning, the knobs turning. And it's just getting worse. It's getting crazier. And you're going to see crazier. You think we can't, but we will. And I can't even, like I said, I'm kind of dumbfounded because sometimes I'm like, Man, I, I never saw this coming. That is going to say one more thing. They going to have communion. The one thing that's got me so baffled right now is how we're fighting over abortion. And I, I'm just sitting back. It's just a good old country boy just saying, what? All the issues going on in the world right now, all the things that are happening, the the heartache and the sorrow that people are going through—the, the, the—I the, the, mean, in worldwide, that there are so many people dying and hurting and, and literally starving and wars and, and 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 horrible things. Do you realize that if you—they're talking about now in in Kiev that they're going to move out. That they may have to move out three million people because they've blown up all the electric and the winter's coming on and everybody's going to freeze to death. And so they're talking about relocating three million people. How would you like to be there? But we're going to sit around and just get ourselves worked up in a froth over can we kill a baby? And California's just gone insane. They're like, nah, we want to, we want, we don't want to just kill, we want to drag them out, look at them, inspect them, and then kill them if we don't like them. And you're like, what? This is like a horror movie. This is like the worst thing. And I'm just like, what? What are you talking? How, how could you even, how could you even say it out of your mouth? And not be ashamed. Blows my mind. And so I don't, I'm just saying that's what it's the, the level it's getting turned up to. But I'm telling you, there's worse. And we have got to be people that are being influenced by the spirit of God. Your prayer needs to be, Lord, I want to be influenced by you. Amen. Now, I've got, I will not know how many I have by next week, but I got at least six points of what you should do so that you can be influenced by God I had to get to that next week because we'll never get through even if I start them right now and told them I couldn't even tell them all to you because I'm gonna start preaching again on another vein but I'm just telling you I'm going to show you how you've got to be able to say no that's the very first thing you've got to be able to learn to say no you've got to be no I ain't listening to you I'm going to stay over here I'm I mean folks I would like if I was, if I would get my choice of how I left this earth and went to heaven, it would be like this. I would like my last look on this earth to be my face stuck in my Bible. That's how you need to be. You need to be like this, letting your eyes feast on the word. Keep yourself built up in faith. Now's the day that you need to, listen, we need accountability. So maybe you and your friends need to set up accountability, um, whatever you'd want to call it, so that you can call each other and say, did you read your Bible today? And don't lie. Because then you're just going to get caught lying. Then you got to repent for the lying. And then you got to repent for not reading. And then you just got to repent for your friendship. And it just goes on. So just say, no, I didn't. Okay. And so maybe we need to do that. Maybe you need to get in there and you need to have some accountability if you're struggling. But listen to me. Maybe you just need to call your friend up and say, hey, you been listening to the devil today? Call your friend up and say, hey, just wondering, what's the devil saying today? I said, well, I'm offended with you. No, every time I talk to you, you talk about the devil. So just wondering what he was saying today. Wondering which way he's moving so I can move the opposite. All right, I'm going to get myself in trouble now. (laughs) Amen. Okay, don't be influenced by the devil. Okay, so we're going to have communion this morning. And uh, as I said earlier, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're very welcome to have communion with us. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, listen to me. You're very welcome to come to the front and pray with one of the prayer people we have here this morning and give your life to Jesus. I've never known A time that I would tell you this, that that I I, I just believe I'm so on point as to tell you, you do not have time to make a decision. You don't have time to tell me this morning. Well, pastor, I've been thinking about getting saved, but just not really sure. You don't have time to mess with it, folks. You're going to get swept away. And it's going to be too late. You need to make sure that you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. The Bible's real simple. It says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on a cross for you, that he arose from the dead, and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, you're saved. It's something that happens on the inside of you. It's not something that that you can come up here to the front and I give you a certificate that you went through some prayer and you sit around all the time looking at the certificate. I got my paper. Because when you die, you're not going to heaven with that piece of paper in your hand. No, it's something that takes place. Jesus said a man must be born again. It's in your spirit. And when it's in your spirit, you know that you know that you're saved. I don't don't need a piece of paper. I don't need a document from heaven. I don't need anything. in the physical here on this earth to tell me that I I know that I'm right with God. I know it down here because I've been born again because Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. Don't be fooled by churches and preachers. Don't be fooled by people just telling you this is all you got to do. And there's no change on the inside. Folks, there's a change comes on the inside when you're born again. You know it. You know it. And so I encourage you, if you're at home, just simply pray a prayer and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe you're the Son of God. And right there, God will touch you. If you're in here today, before you take communion, just walk up to one of the prayer team people that's going to be up here in the front in just a minute and say, I just want to be right with with God. And they'll lead you through a prayer right there. And let Jesus become the Lord of your life. Amen. Now, I encourage each and every one of you as you come to the front this morning, let the spirit of God deal with you. But I think God would probably be dealing with all of us not to be influenced by the devil. That's a pretty safe prayer. Come up to the front and say, Lord, I just want to have communion with you and I do not want to be influenced by the devil. Devil, go. Amen? So let me have my prayer team people come up. uh, The people that are going to help me, the praise and worship team. Y'all come on up and everyone else begin to prepare your hearts as I serve them communion. I realize church at... It's been a little bit confusing that I'm serving you a cup with a piece of bread in it. Because some of y'all are in there and said, that don't look like juice. But I'm trying not to handle all the bread. I'm trying to be as hygienic as I possibly can be. And this is the only way I could come up with doing it. You reach in there and pick up your cup. It's got a piece of bread in it. And then you've got another cup that's got the juice in it. It's not what it looks like. It's not how it's served to you, folks. It's about our faith and our heart. The Lord said on that night that he was betrayed. He took bread. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat. For this is my body, which is broken for you. This bread by faith is the broken body of Jesus for you. The stripes that went upon his back, it's for you. It's for the healing of your body. Communion is a very powerful thing. It's not just some ritual of the church. This is what it says. Communion. A communion with God Almighty. I believe for miracles right here today that as you come to this altar, that He will touch you. He'll heal your bodies. For those of you at home, take and eat. And after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup, it's a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Folks, no one of us should leave here today feeling guilty. Jesus poured his blood out for us so that our sins could be forgiven. But he does require us to repent and ask for forgiveness. And so, Lord, I thank you for this cup. I thank you that as we repent, you forgive us, so take and drink.